athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. It's report card day here on Box to Row. Glad you've joined us on the program. I'm giving my grades to the teams from the SIAC, SWAC, MEAC, and CIAA plus Tennessee State. So, you know, we limited time, right? So we're going to get right to it today on the program. Of course, you can weigh in on Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. As I do this, I'm going to do this in alphabetical order with respect to each conference. So with that, let's get things started with the SIAC. Albany State on the season was 10-2, finished undefeated, 7-0 in conference play. When you look at the Golden Rams, the Golden Rams really got it done defensively. It was a phenomenal season for Albany State on the season. Think about this. And we had Gabe Gardenia, the head football coach on the program, maybe about midway through the season. From a passing perspective, Albany State was giving up less than 110 yards per game, rushing 83 yards. So giving up less than 200 yards per game in total offense. I thought quarterback Deontay Bono did a solid job, right? Had about 1,800 yards passing, 53.5% of his passes completed. But, again, it was it was just from the defensive perspective where Albany State really, really excelled on the season. It had a pretty decent running game, as a matter of fact. Just like Bowie State, we'll talk more, of course, about Bowie State and the CIAA, Albany State found found out what it's like to really compete, okay, to really compete in the Division II playoffs. Losers in the Division II playoffs in the first round, of course, this year finally getting over the hump, winning that SIAC championship, which had eluded the Golden Rams the last couple of years. I thought a very, very good season for Albany State. I gave the Golden Rams an A. Benedict on the season. So we're going to take a look at the Benedict Tigers and what Benedict was able to do uh, on the season, finishing 5-5 five and 3-4 five and and in conference play. So, you know, to me, and, you know, you have sort of a, 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 a transition, uh, if you will, in terms of coaching, uh, right, for Benedict. And you look at uh, Chennis Berry, who comes in as the head coach many years as an assistant at Southern. And you knew he was ready to rock and roll. You knew he was going to be ready to put his stamp on the program. I looked at Benedict, got off to the good start 2-0, 
but didn't really, you know, played Allen and Edward Waters, who are provisional members of the SIAC, then proceeded to lose three straight ball games, tough ball games. Savannah State by seven, one of the better teams. Kentucky State by six, one of the better teams. And Fort Valley State by 10 points, right? Then beats Miles. That's a really good win because Miles obviously played in the SIAC championship game again, was the two-time defending champions. Then lose to Albany State and Morehouse, right? But closes the season out uh, with the win over Clark Atlanta and a win over Lane. So two straight victories, uh, I thought, um, which is good. You know, decent quarterback play with Eric Phoenix, 12 touchdowns to nine interceptions um, on the season for Benedict. Um, and not not a bad defense. I mean, not, not a bad defense at all. Pretty good, really, in the passing game. Um, ultimately, for the season, I gave Benedict a C. Central State on the season. It was a tough season for the Marauders, right? 1-9 and 0-6 and on the season. The bright spot, okay, because there was, a, there was a bright spot for Central State on the season, and you try to always look at the, the bright spots. Uh, Jamal Holloway, uh, conference's player of the year, 20 and a half tackles for loss, 78 tackles overall, 47 of those tackles were of the solo variety. He also had seven and a half sacks, had five passes defense, and forced five fumbles on the season. Outside of that, not a very good season for Central State. I gave the Marauders an F. Fort Valley State uh, on the season, when you look at the Wildcats on the season, five and five and three and four in conference play you know, Fort, Fort Valley State has some sort of up-and-down games. Unfortunately, got blown out the last couple of games by two of the better teams in the conference in Savannah State and Albany State. Had a nice win to open the season against Tuskegee, nationally televised game, ESPNU. Then lost to Florida A&M, no shame in that. Lane was a decent team, lost to Lane. Then managed to re- reel off three games in a row. Unfortunately... For the Wildcats, lost three of their last four games, including to Morehouse, 51-3. to Absolutely got blown out. Emmanuel Wilson, he's the transfer kid from Johnson C. Smith. 835 yards rushing. This kid is going to be the best running back in the SIAC on next year. He, he really had a good season. And then you look at the play of the defense uh, on defense, Antonio Golden, 19 and a half sacks, eight, uh, eight tackles. I mean, excuse me, 19 and a half tackles and eight sacks on the season. Fort Valley State didn't finish well. You know, some decent wins for Fort Valley State. I gave the Wildcats a C minus. Taking a look at Kentucky State. Kentucky State on the season was was seven and four and four and two in conference play. Brett Silby, the running back, seems like he's been uh, in the SIAC forever. He was named the conference's um, running back or, uh, excuse me, offensive player of uh, the year. He had uh, over 1,000 yards rushing. He rushed uh, for 13 touchdowns. And what, you know, what Kentucky State liked to do was run the football mostly. I mean, 
you know, quarterback play was okay, but really, really liked to run the football, uh, did the Kentucky State Wildcats. Um, listen, won three of its last ball games, or, uh, excuse me, its three last ball games, four of its last five, is loss coming to Miles on the season. Decent win over uh, Benedict, right? I, I like the season that Kentucky State had. Uh, I thought it was solid, and I gave the Wildcats a B minus. Taking a look at Lane on the season, the Dragons of Lane, six and four, four and three. I thought Lane really got some solid quarterback play early on. Lost that first game to Arkansas Pine Bluff, then proceeded to to win four straight games. I mean, again, not against the best competition. I think the win against Fort Valley State, not bad. Beat Clark, beat Edward Waters, beat Texas College, got beat down by Kentucky State, lost by three to Miles, won two of his last three ball games over Tuskegee and Central State. Okay, I like the quarterback play. I mean, Ike Brown did a decent job of running the football, rushed for 11 touchdowns on the season. Michael Huntley completed 65% of his passes, had 15 touchdowns to three interceptions on the season. Thought it was a solid season for Lane overall, and I gave Lane a C plus. Okay, gave Lane a C plus. Miles on the season once again winners um, of the um, Western Division. Ultimately, right, able to get the head-to-head matchup against Kentucky State. Finished six and five, four and two in conference play and really for miles this was more of a down season and miles lost four of its uh, lost four of its first five ball games only win coming over morehouse then proceeded to reel off five straight wins central state lane kentucky state as i mentioned edward waters and then of course tuskegee to win uh, ultimately win the siac's western division you know, Dante Edwards, I thought, had a really good season rushing the football, over 1,000 yards rushing. Um, you know, the, the quarterback play was decent. This wasn't a great Miles team, but at the end of the day, Western Division champs playing for the SIAC championship, and I gave Miles a C-plus on the season. Morehouse on the season uh, was 4-5 and five and 4-3. and three in conference play. So it was an interesting season for Morehouse. You know, I look at the grade I gave Morehouse, um, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Okay, got blown out by West Georgia, got blown out, blown out by Miles, lost its first four ball games. okay, but then won four of its last five. Tuskegee, Fort Valley State, Benedict, three in a row, and then end the season with the victory over Clark Atlanta. Thought thought that Miles would get a little bit better, uh, Morehouse, that is, would get a little bit better play from quarterback Michael Sims, who has been there for quite some time. I'm, I'm not sure if the year off uh, hurt him or not, but it wasn't great. Defense was solid. Daniel Norman on um, the line was good. Uh, Dalen Land, I thought, was decent uh, on the season as well for Morehouse. Ultimately, Morehouse on the season, okay, and I gave Morehouse – a C minus when I may have given them a lower grade because I thought that Morehouse did a really, really good job right at the end of the season, winning four 
of its last five ball games. Savannah State on the season was eight and two, five and one in conference play. This was a really good season for Savannah State. Unfortunately, ran into the bus saw that was Albany State. All Savannah State wanted to do was run the football, and it did it well. 219 yards rushing, rarely passed the football, played some solid defense. Uh, again, 8-2, and two, lost to Valdosta State, uh, lost to Albany State. That was the end of the season for Savannah State. Still a solid season. I gave Savannah State a B. The final school is Tuskegee. Tuskegee was 3-7 and seven and 2-4 and four in conference play. This was not a good season uh, for Tuskegee at all. Right, like, like you don't see these kind of seasons getting blown out by Fort Valley State to open the season. Three wins on the season by Fort Valley State, not good at all. I gave Fort, uh, excuse me, by Tuskegee. I gave Tuskegee a D minus. You've got it locked to Box to Row. It's Report Card Day. I'm Donald. Where any thoughts you may have, hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row. Up next, we're gonna take a look at one of the other three conferences. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timlake-Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving $2 million away to the bottom of 400 of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll. So come place an order at Marjorie's Beef Jerky. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Salt Box, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Box row. row. Box to Row. Box to Row. It's report card time here on Box to Row. We're going to start with the teams from the CIAA, and I'm going to do this in alphabetical order. So that means first up is Bowie State, who had an absolutely tremendous season. Finished 12-2, and two, undefeated in conference play and winning its third straight CIAA championship. Damon Wilson has put this program on the map as a national power. I think Bowie State now is officially a national power. You're talking about a quarterfinal finish in the Division II playoffs, ran through pretty much the CIAA, obviously had a really close game against Virginia State, give Virginia State a lot of credit, but Bowie State ultimately o- able to overcome Bowie State uh, in, er, to overcome Virginia State in that really tough game. 
I look at the Bulldogs. I look at Jerome Johnson. Maybe not as prolific in terms of passing because, remember, if you go back to the 2019 season, prolific passer, not so much this year. However, he was able to get it done with his legs also. And Khalil Wilkins, the running back, a tremendous addition to Bowie State. Had a solid 2019 season, had a really, really good 2021 season, the former transfer from West Virginia State. But for Bowie State, the Bulldogs' calling card this year was defense. You look at, we already knew about Joshua Joshua Pryor. You look at Jonathan Ross, who really came around, had a really, really special season. That defensive line was tremendous. The back end was really, really good as well. And what more can you say about Bowie State and the season that the Bulldogs had? I gave the Bulldogs an A. Shawan, 7-3, in conference play. You look at Shawan, and Shawan got off to a 4-0 start. 4-0 or a 5-0 start. Looked like it was on a roll. And then the bottom really fell out for Shawan. I, I thought it was... I thought it was interesting that it seemed as though Shawan, the defense, was finally coming around. And it seemed like the defense, all Shawan needed over all of these years, most of these years since it's been in the CIAA going back to either the 2008 or 2009 season was a defense. The offense was already there. You look at the defense and it seemed to be that under Mark Hall, the defense was going to be better. It was in the beginning, as mentioned, Shawan, uh, when you look at the schedule, Shawan winning its first one, two, three, four, five games and a convincing 73-7 to victory over Winston-Salem State. I realize the Rams weren't great this year, but a 70, I mean, you can put 73 points up against the team and hold the team to seven, you're doing something. Then next, a loss to Bowie State, no shame in that. Then a loss to Virginia Union, which was a little bit surprising because the Panthers weren't playing necessarily well, and then a loss to Elizabeth City State, who didn't have a good season ultimately at all, and then winning its final two games. But it was a little bit too late for Shawan. At least Shawan responded um, towards the latter part of the season. So I, I got to give Shawan a little bit of credit there. Okay, uh, but again, thought Shawan would have a bit of a better season, especially the way that the Hawks started. I gave Shawan a C. Next up, Elizabeth City State, three and seven, three and four in the conference, and ultimately Anthony Jones, the head football coach for Shawan or for Elizabeth City State after the season was let go. Now, Elizabeth City State had some decent moments during the season in terms of some some wins, right? I thought the win over Winston-Salem State was a solid win after uh, the fourth game of the season, so uh, with the Vikings starting 0-3 on the season and then following up that win, that win with a win over Livingstone. So Livingstone, you know, didn't have a great season, but you get a win, maybe you get a little bit of momentum. But then ultimately, uh, the next couple of games, Virginia State loses, gets a win over Shawan. That was a pretty big win 
by Elizabeth City State, but it was only its third win. Again, ultimately the Vikings finished the season three and seven, and it was a tough season. Uh, Anthony Jones let go. I gave Elizabeth City State and a, uh, a D on the season. Fayetteville State on the season, 8-2 and two overall. And uh, you look at the Broncos undefeated in conference play, losing for the fourth straight year against Bowie State in the CIAA championship game. And, um, you know, Bowie State, uh, Fayetteville State just – well, excuse me, so the fourth straight loss in the CIAA championship, three out of four to Bowie State, the other loss was to Virginia State. I mean, I thought, listen, I thought Fayetteville State had a really good season. Finally, for Richard Hayes, the head coach, it, 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 it was a team that played some defense, and that's what I think Fayetteville State was missing. Keyshawn James, defensive lineman, uh, absolutely tremendous. Okay, he started out on the playing the outside. Now he's an inside guy. Had an absolutely tremendous season. Fayetteville State was very, very good from a, an offensive perspective. I think a a very good season for Fayetteville State. And I gave Fayetteville State ultimately on the season a B. Johnson C. Smith on the season one and seven. One and five in conference play. Johnson C. Smith, one and seven on the season. Okay, and and it's just it just hasn't been good for the Golden Bulls. Ultimately, I don't think a whole lot needs to be said about Johnson C. Smith. You know, one win obviously just isn't going to get it done. I gave JCSU an F on the season. Taking a look at Lincoln. Again, doing this in alphabetical order. It's report card day here on Box to Row. Taking a look at the teams from the CIAA. Lincoln on the season was 1-9 and nine and finished 1-6. and six. And, boy, I just don't – I don't know, okay? Lincoln's program just – it's like every year. It's either 0-4, it's one win, you know, maybe a couple of wins. When Lincoln first started in the CIAA, may have gotten – four or five wins. Actually, maybe the 2010-2011 season had a, pre, a decent team, especially defensively. But Lincoln just cannot I, – I don't know what it is. I don't know if if they're unable to recruit guys uh, to Lincoln. I don't know what it is. Uh, but Lincoln is just not getting it done. And uh, these one-win seasons, uh, I, I think if you're really going to – be serious about this thing. I mean, you got to be serious about it or, or or not, you know, because if you go back, Lincoln was playing, was D3, brought football in, uh, right, going back some 10, 11, 12 years ago, and it just hasn't happened for the Lions on the season. I gave Lincoln an F. Livingstone on the season. Tough season uh, for Livingstone, 1-8 and eight and 1-5 and five overall, and you know, with Sean Gilbert's first season uh, as the head coach, he had a lot of work to do, right? Livingstone has just been one of those teams that has been uh, has been bad as, except for, you know, uh, when they had Drew Powell at quarterback for four years and he was, you know, able to, 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 to lead uh, Livingstone to four or five wins on the season. But 
you know, I, I don't know. Again, just unable to get it done for the Blue Bears uh, ultimately on the season. One win just isn't going to get it done. I gave Livingstone an F. Keeping things going here with our look at the teams from the CIAA. And, of course, I'm giving my grades doing this in alphabetical order. St. Augustine's 1-7, 1-6 and and on the season. David Bowser in his first year as the head coach. I think ultimately he's going to get it done. Uh, but for St. Augs, obviously not a good season. I will give the Falcons credit at the end of the season defeating Shaw was a was really a good win that that was a really really good win for St. Augs it gives you something uh, to go into next season it's a rivalry uh, it's a rivalry game and St. Augs was able to get it done one win but that one win I think was was significant because I thought Shaw was taking that next step so I gave St. Augustine's a D minus Shaw on the season six and four and five and two in conference play. So for the Bears, I thought that it was a it was a good season. I thought it was a really really good season. Okay, for a moment, you know, no shame in losing to Wingate, no shame in losing to Davidson. Um, you know, then started to go on a bit of a roll. Uh, to me, I thought of the Virginia Union was game was a was a was a an important game for Shaw in terms of taking that next step past that test. Uh, then couldn't get over the hump against Fayetteville State. Rainy game, maybe some controversial calls. Lose that game 12, uh, 15 to 12. And then go on a winning streak, okay, including a big win over Winston. Even though I know Winston wasn't great, I thought it was still a, a, a game that said, okay, Shaw can take that next step. I never saw Shaw losing to St. Augustine's. I get it. It's a rivalry game. But if you're Shaw, you got to win that football game, okay? And to me, that brought – Shaw's grade down. Um, I, I I had Shaw, you know, at, 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 at you know maybe if you win that game, a B minus next step. But boy, that's that loss to St. Augustine's brought my grade down for Shaw, and I gave the Bears a C. Virginia State on the season three and six and three and four. Not the typical year that we expected from Virginia State, right? I'll ultimately expect Virginia State. Um, to bounce back it was one of those years you know Reggie Barlow I think is going to be able to get it together get it going on next season not a lot of consistent play from the Trojans I gave Virginia State a D Virginia Union six and four and five and two so Virginia Union really bounced back got off to the really slow start ultimately bounced back I like the way Virginia Union finished the season Charles Hall is a stud wide receiver ultimately I gave Virginia Union a C plus last school is Winston Salem State three and six and three and four got off to the rocky start played some better ball did the Rams towards the latter part of the season but still ultimately couldn't uh, just not a good season and uh, not the expectations that the Rams have I gave the Rams a D your thoughts hit me up via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W up next here on Box to Row, as I give out my grades, we'll take a look at the teams from the MEAC and take a look at Tennessee State as you've got it locked to Box to Row. 
You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. Bubba Wallace. They feel like I'm throwing a race into the context here and it's not about race he's a driver at the end of the day everybody's making it about race it's all about the headlines these days not me saying like yep i'm the black guy here you're gonna not stop hearing about me it was more along the lines of the fans like hey it's cool i've been dealing with that for, for a while he spiked lee thank you i haven't heard that i mean i've been on rails all over the nation thank you for that question i'm a third generation morehouse man i was taught to speak your truth and that is very special about being a Morehouse man, the same way you feel about your school, the same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice anyway, and I'm proud to be a Morehouse man. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. And, uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. Ron Rivera, you know, a great player. Did you see yourself as a coach? I've been told a lot of times by a lot of people, boy, you know, you're kind of like a coach on the field. I always felt at some point, yeah, I'd probably get into coaching. It all started because of my son wanting to play football. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years. You get to <laughs> Man, you know what is good? And, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better. And, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. I'm talking about none other than common. Well, I ended up in Sam just because I wanted to major in business. And Sam, you had the illustrious school of business. Then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. Dave Roberts, manager of the LA Dodgers, to be person of color and be the manager of the Dodgers. What does that mean to you? Well, I think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility. With recency and, and kind of the social, the racial issues that we're having that really come to light, which is, I believe, are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball. To do things the right way, to hopefully give others, other people of color, opportunities. Hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to undertake. Omari Hartwick. And that's crazy that you say that. I got one of your colleagues and one of your contemporaries and that being Stephen A. He hit me about three weeks ago and he texted me and he said, oh, how did I miss this one? But it's equally been a beautiful thing for me to see how much you guys who work in sport are fans of me. But for you to like it as much as Stephen A. said he liked it and all within the last three weeks, you both are commenting on it. I'm in good company. We're, we're HBCU guys, you know. I know I'm in good company. Of course, bro. <laughs> Shout out to Howard University. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to Winston-Salem State University, a uh, black college. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again. And just having a up-close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melodes. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. She's Simone Biles. Ashley was really fun. Like, to be honest, me and Allie had a lot of fun. We were like, oh, of course, like, we're in the best shape of our life. We're feeling confident about our body, and we hope that other young girls and women, like, feel that being strong is so beautiful. So that's what we kind of try to do. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm -hmm. All the top black athletes together along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that 
logistically incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have gone to Division One. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car, and I was driving it in first eight games, and you know, being a part of something special like that, and having the brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. From the press box to press row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports, with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant radio. It's report card day here on Box to Row. Let's take a look at the teams from the MIAC. And I'm going to give my grades to those teams. Again, doing this in alphabetical order, we're going to start with Delaware State, who was 5-6 and six and 2-3. and three in conference play this was it was a year in which Delaware State turned the corner it really did I thought that uh, Sivion Wilkerson the running back uh, who was a first team all MEAC selection guy was very very good you look at Jared Lewis the quarterback a young guy didn't necessarily complete it at a high percentage but at the end of the day he did some really really good things again you've got a team Uh, That's really a a young, young football team that ultimately is going to return a lot of players. I think where Delaware State really exceeded was especially on that defensive line. That defensive line in that front four was absolutely tremendous, put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks, forced a lot of turnovers. I mean, if you look at Delaware State as a football team, you know, over the course of of the season I mean you're looking at a Delaware State team that had 14 interceptions on the season you look at a Ronald Holmes you look at an Isaiah Williams those guys up front really able to put pressure on the quarterback really able to uh, not only put pressure on the quarterback uh, but also able um, to to get a lot of tackles for loss and stop running backs behind the line of scrimmage Uh, I thought Trey Gross in his last year at wide receiver had been with the program for quite some time, had a really, really solid season, 13 receiving touchdowns on the season. This is my issue, okay? This is my issue with Delaware State and really the only issue that I have with the Hornets. I think the games that the Hornets were supposed to win, they won the games which – were very tough. South Carolina State was a tough game, losing that one only 13-7. to uh, They lost. But see, the Hornets were in the thick of the race down the stretch and lost to Morgan State. And when that happens, man, I'm telling you now, I'll give the Hornets credit ultimately bouncing back the next week, getting down 26 to nothing to Norfolk State and uh, ultimately pulling that game out 28 28- to 26 but man I would have I probably would have given Delaware State a C plus unfortunately even though the bounce back win against Norfolk State was really really good it was too too little too late at that point I gave the Hornets a C minus but this is a program that definitely has turned 
the corner. Howard, 2-8 and eight on the season, 1-4 in conference play. A tough season for Howard, but I think when I look at the Bison, I, mean, I think that under Larry Scott, the Bison showed me something this year. Yeah, two and eight is two and uh, two and eight is two and eight. No doubt about that. But the Bison ultimately showed me a little bit of something uh, this year. Quentin Williams, solid season, fifty-eight percent of his passes completed for thirteen touchdowns and seven interceptions on the season. Howard was in some football games. I mean, that's a tough game to start the season against number twenty-two Richmond, right? Uh, but. You know, a tough loss to South Carolina State, who ultimately won the conference 15-12. to A tough loss to Delaware State. The Bison showed me a little bit of something on uh, this year, okay? Uh, I'm giving them a D, but I think, just like Delaware State, I think that the Bison may be on the right path. Morgan State 2-9 and and 1-4 and on the season. And things just started out really bad for the Bears. I mean, I think one of the most embarrassing uh, things for the Bears during the season was the 27 to nothing loss to Howard. Uh, it was uh, a game, I think it was an ESPN2 Friday night game, and it was just bad football. I mean, it really all the way around, but particularly from the Bears. I think since that game, you could see the Bears starting to play better. Okay, starting to play a little bit better, right? Ultimately, it it uh, ended with a victory over Delaware State, twenty to fourteen. We talked about that and how bad of a loss that was for the Hornets. And are the Bears moving in the right direction? I mean, you win two of the last three games. I mean, that's definitely encouraging. Right, definitely still going to have to do some things, uh, going to have to definitely fix some things. But, you know, to, I think to end the season two and three from where the Bears started uh, is, you know, is is decent. And so, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm going to give the Bears an F plus, right? Like, I think it still was a bad season, but I think, you know, to end two of three, I think was very, very good for the Bears. North Carolina Central, 6-5, and 4-1 and one on the season. Trey Oliver in his third season. It looked very promising for North Carolina Central to start the season. Okay, big win in that uh, Miak-Swack challenge over Alcorn State, 23-14. A lot of people, including myself, predicted that Alcorn State would win the SWAC championship. So that was a really, really big win. Next game was a loss to Marshall. Now, no shame in that. Uh, you know, Winston-Salem State getting that victory by seven. A lot of people question, well, you only beat Winston, a Division II team, by seven. And by the way, Winston didn't have necessarily a great season. Uh, but a win is a win. But then three straight losses, no shame in losing to A&T, but then losing to Valley. Now, ultimately, Mississippi Valley State had a solid season. But at that time, if you're North Carolina Central, you cannot lose to Mississippi Valley State now. For the Eagles, I guess the good thing is it wasn't a conference game, so that was good, and then ultimately losing to Tennessee Tech. But then winning four of its last five ball games, only lost to South Carolina State 27-24. Boy, SCSU had a lot of close games uh, this year going on to win that MEAC championship. But North Carolina Central with a big win over Norfolk State. 
uh, and then a big win to end the season against Delaware State because the loser of that game, NCCU and DSU, would have gone five and six on the season, and then ultimately my grade for both teams may have been a little bit better, although for DSU, man, that loss, I mean, I tell you, that loss to Morgan really hurt DSU. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a solid season, right, for NCCU definitely moving in the right direction. I was originally going to go with a C plus. Winning four of your last five ball games, I think, is pretty good. I gave the Eagles a B minus. All right, Norfolk State six and five and two and three in conference play. So Norfolk was on a roll, right? Norfolk was definitely on a roll, winning six straight ball games, and to start the season off. Uh, well, the MEAC playoff, I should say, went over Howard and went over Morgan State, but then losing to North Carolina Central. Okay, it's no shame in that. It was homecoming in Durham, uh, right? But then a, that loss to Delaware State is where things uh, went awry uh, for Norfolk State, okay? And that would have been a big win. And, again, up 26 to nothing. That's where the season ended and ultimately lost the last game to South Carolina State. We were looking forward to that Norfolk State and South Carolina State game being ultimately the game uh, for the MEAC championship. And it, 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 what it really represented was whether South Carolina State would win the MEAC championship outright. And with the victory over Norfolk, uh, the Bulldogs ultimately won the MEAC championship outright. So when you lose your last three ball games, Jawan Carter was – Absolutely tremendous. J.J. Davis at running back, uh, tremendous. I mean, I think it was a – I think it was – it was – I guess it was a good overall season, but, man, it didn't end well. I mean, I think that's the thing for Norfolk State. Dawson Odom's in his first year, but, I mean, to turn that program – I think he had that program going in – not to turn it around, but I think he had that program going and has that program going in the right direction. I gave Norfolk State a C. Our last school. South Carolina State, 6-5, and 5-0 five, five and oh in conference play. I'm going to give the Bulldogs a grade right now, and then ultimately we'll see uh, if the grade improves. I think the only thing the grade could do is improve, right? South Carolina State playing in the uh, Celebration Bowl, okay? And you look at South Carolina State, I mean, starting off the season 42-41 to 41 loss at Alabama A&M. I mean, that's a tough football game. You go back to the spring – and Alabama A&M wins that game over SCSU 35-7 in Orangeburg, right? So that's that's not bad. At Clemson, I mean, no no shame there in losing that game. As a matter of fact, Kobe Durant, who was the defensive player of the year in the MEAC, had two interceptions against the Tigers in that ball game. okay? Then beat Bethune-Cookman, lost to Florida A&M, right? Uh, so had a couple of wins in the MEAC, Morgan-Delaware State. Goes to New Mexico State, plays a solid ball game, losing by eight points. And ultimately for the Bulldogs, right, winning the games that it needed to win, okay, in the conference, undefeated. Yes, lost to A&T, no shame in that, lost to A&T on the road, and then closed the season. Could have said, okay, uh, you know, not not you, you want to win the MEAC outright if you can, but it was already determined that South Carolina State was going to the Celebration Bowl and would at least have a share of the MEAC championship. Uh, Buddy Pugh and Bull, the Bulldogs did not want to share. I don't blame them. Defeated 
Norfolk State to win the championship outright. So right now, where South Carolina State sits for me is at a B. I've got South Carolina State at a B. I think if, you know, if South Carolina State loses to Jackson State, I mean, I don't think it really changes the grade for me, uh, drops the grade. But if South Carolina State beats Jackson State, it definitely changes the, which I think South Carolina State has a chance. It ultimately will up the grade for me. We'll see, you know, we have to play the game and see how it plays out. But right now, I give the Bulldogs a B. Let's take a look at Tennessee State, who finished the season 5-6 and six and ultimately was 3-3 three and three in conference play. And Tennessee State got off to the slow start, losing to Grambling and to Jackson State before going on a streak, winning five of six ball games, including four in a row and some conference games. Unfortunately for Tennessee State, losing its last three ball games really was in the race towards the end. I look at the running back play of Devin Starling was solid, 800 yards rushing, 4.4 yards per carry. I thought Jeremy Hickbottom was the difference. He comes in, uh, of course, the transfer from Grambling completes 58% of his passes, 12 touchdowns to four interceptions on the season. And, you know, if you look at Tennessee State had uh, some good players and, and got really some good play in the kickoff uh, return game as well as in the punt return game. Got a couple of guys that can get it done on defense. Uh, the, the green boys, uh, James and Joshua, were all conference guys. You know, pretty solid season. Eddie George, first season, okay, uh, in the hunt towards the latter part of the season. I gave Tennessee State a C. Your thoughts on the MEAC and Tennessee State? Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Up next, taking a look at the SWAC. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. It's report card day here on Box to Row. Our final conference to look at. I give my grades to all of the teams. SWAC, MEAC, S-I-A-C-C-I-A-A, and Tennessee State. Last team to look at is Alabama, or excuse me, is the SWAC alphabetical order, Alabama A&M. We're going to go with the Bulldogs. 7-3 on the season, 5-3 in conference play. 
The Bulldogs, I guess, technically still the defending champions. Got the season off on the right foot wins uh, over South Carolina State and Bethune-Cookman and then Tuskegee, but then a surprising loss to Grambling. Never recovered from that. Got blown out by Jackson State, then lost the close one to Florida A&M before finishing the season out with four straight victories. Aquil Glass obviously had a, a phenomenal season, is the conference's uh, player of the, uh, well, offensive player uh, of the year. He's got two stud receivers. Uh, of course, one of those guys, Ibrahim, uh, is absolutely phenomenal. I was on the fence uh, for Alabama A&M in terms of the grade a little bit. Ultimately, I'm going to go with the benefit of the doubt for the Bulldogs because the Bulldogs did finish the season so great, and I'm going to give Alabama A&M a B-. Alabama State on the season, a tough year for Alabama State. Donald Hill Ely gets let go to, uh, what, a game left? I guess one game left in the season. Alabama State finished the, the season 5-6, and 3-5 and five in conference play. Um, Eddie Robinson Jr. now takes over as the head football coach at Alabama uh, State. And, you know, it, it just uh, – Alabama State really never got in a rhythm. Now, give Alabama State credit winning its last two bowl games. As a matter of fact, it was after the Mississippi Valley State game that um, Donald Hill Ely was let go, and uh, Alabama State won its last two ball games, uh, Texas Southern uh, and Tuskegee in that Turkey Day Classic. Just a, just a really a tough season uh, for Alabama State ultimately uh, and overall. And with that, uh, but again, two wins to end the season, right? So – I mean, you know, you got to give a little bit of credence, I guess, to Alabama State. I'm going to give the Hornets a D plus. Alcorn State on the season makes the move to the SWAC's Western Division and finishes six and five and five and three in conference play. So, you, you know, Felix Harper, the quarterback. I mean, he had a he had a pretty decent season. You know, for Alcorn State, I just expected. Uh, a little bit more, and Alcorn State was really in contention. You look at the first loss of the season to North Carolina Central, but Alcorn State was in contention, had won four straight ball games over Pine Bluff, Grambling, Valley, Texas Southern, then proceeds to lose three of its last four. Interestingly enough, the one team it beat was Prairie View A&M, who limped into the, the, uh, the, the SWAC championship game and the uh, Western Division crown. I expected a little bit more from Alcorn State, particularly down the stretch. Uh, didn't get that. I gave Alcorn State a C minus. Arkansas Pine Bluff. Wow, two and nine on the season was the defending Western Division champions, right? And it just didn't go well for whatever reason. A lot of the same personnel coming back from the spring. Just didn't go well at all, ultimately, for Arkansas uh, Pine Bluff. Not much of anything went well, and I gave Pine Bluff an F. Bethune-Cookman on the season. First year in the SWAC, 2-9 and nine overall, 2-6 and six in conference play. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, Bethune-Cookman got off to the, you know, to the slow start. I mean, listen, played UTEP 
to a 10-point loss, UCF, 63-14. to 14. I mean, that's not awful, but then proceeded to lose its first, uh, what, uh, eight games of the season, beat Alcorn, that was a big win, beat Grambling, and then lost to Florida A&M in the uh, Florida Classic. And, and I'll tell you what, you know, you look at you look at the tight end from Bethune-Cookman, an absolute stud. One of the highlights for Bethune-Cookman on the season. Not a good debut at all for Bethune-Cookman in the SWAC. And I gave Bethune-Cookman, uh, because it was in a lot of close games, I gave Bethune-Cookman a D minus. Florida A&M on the season made the playoffs, right? You look at Florida A&M, finished second in the SWAC, right? Uh, with a 9-3 record, 7-1 overall. This kid, Isaiah Land, was absolutely phenomenal. He's one of the three finalists for the Buck Buchanan Award for the best player in FCS. Um, you look at Bishop Bonnet, the running back, tied for the lead in the SWAC in terms of rushing yards. You know, Rashawn McKay was solid. Uh, Marquise Bell, uh, I guess they moved in more to a safety position, was absolutely phenomenal on the season. Florida A&M's only losses were to uh, Jackson State to open the season, to South Florida, and then the Southeastern Louisiana in the playoffs. I thought Florida A&M had an absolutely great season. I gave Florida A&M an A-. Taking a look at Grambling, a tough season for Grambling. Broderick Fobbs let go uh, during the course of the season. Grambling ultimately finishes uh, four and seven and three and five uh, overall. And, you know, the, the struggles just continued, carried over for Grambling uh, from the spring. Tried to go with a freshman quarterback. That was sort of hit and miss. Just a really tough season. I, I didn't see this coming from Grambling. I thought that it would be turned around. Um, you know, I'm not a listen. Broderick, uh, Gramlin has to do what it has to do. Broderick, letting Broderick Fobbs go the couple of games remaining, a game remaining, as a matter of fact, I didn't think was the way to go at all. Didn't like it. Um, but it, but ultimately, that's what, uh, Gra uh, you know, Gramlin decided to do ultimately. Uh, but it wasn't a good season for Gramlin. Four and seven, uh, I gave Gramlin a D. Jackson State. So Jackson State's great right now. Is an A. I mean, it's no question about it. You look at this. You look at this defense. It's the defense that's tremendous. Got to play the Celebration Bowl against South Carolina State next Saturday in Atlanta. Um, it's just been a phenomenal season. You look at Shador Sanders, the quarterback. Man, what a season! Uh, Deion Sanders' son, really good season. You look at Aubrey Miller. You know, uh, from a linebacker perspective, James Houston. I mean, these guys, you know, uh, Hampton, man, these guys are really, really good. Jackson State's the real deal. Got to give the Tigers a lot of credit. Right now I'm giving the Tigers an A. If ti the Tigers beat Jackson State next week, uh, uh, excuse me, if, if the Tigers beat South Carolina State on next week, I've got to give the Tigers an A+. Plus. But right now, Jackson State has got an A+. Mississippi Valley State on the season. Um, listen, respectable. Four and seven and three and five. Like, like, really? All things said, it was a I thought it was a really respectable season. You know, the quarterback play wasn't the greatest, 
But Caleb Johnson, the running back, was steady, was tied for the lead in terms of uh, rushing yards uh, for Mississippi Valley State. And you look at Valley. Valley started to play um, better, uh, a little bit better lately, won its last two ball games, right, was in some ball games, uh, was even in the game against Jackson State, which it ultimately lost. you got to give Valley a lot of credit. I like the way that Valley ended the season, and I gave Mississippi Valley State a C-. Prairie View A&M on the season, 7-5, and 6-2 and two in conference play. So for Prairie View A&M, again, you know, sort of limped into this thing uh, a little bit. Jawan Pass, I thought, was, was pretty good for a good part of the season, not so much towards the latter part of the season, 16 touchdowns um, to 12 interceptions on the season. But you look at Prairie View A&M, he just started off great. You know, annihilated Texas Southern, lost to Incarnate Word, but then beat Houston Baptist, beat Grambling in the um, State Fair Classic, beat Arkansas Pine Bluff, beat Bethune-Cookman, beat Southern, beat Alabama State. Then it just went wrong. Lost to Alcorn, lost to Texas A&M, lost to Valley, and lost to Jackson State in the SWAC championship game. You know, I mean, it was still a solid season for Prairie View A&M. Um, I definitely, you know, I gave Prairie View A&M a C on the season. Taking a look at Southern. Southern finished, and, and now, by the way, speaking of Prairie View A&M and Southern, Eric Dooley has now moved from Prairie View A&M to Southern as its new head football coach. Southern was 4-7 and seven on the season, 3-5 and five in conference play. You know, Southern had the victory over Alcorn State, which was a pretty big win, okay? Um, played Jackson State decent but then lost its last three games, including to Grambling in that, uh, in that Bayou Classic. Um, you know, just, it, it just didn't come together for Southern uh, this year, and I gave the Jaguars a D+. The last school is Texas Southern, okay? Texas Southern on the season 2-8, and 2-6 and six in conference play. Texas Southern had all the offense in the world, right? All the offense you could ever want in the world. Andrew Body solid from the quarterback position, uh, threw for over 2,000 yards. A true freshman can also run the ball. 11 touchdowns to four interceptions. Can't ask for much more than that from a freshman. The problem is Texas Southern couldn't stop anybody. A couple of wins on the season, uh, Southern and Arkansas Pine Bluff, but Texas Southern just struggled mightily defensively. Um, and so for that, I give Texas Southern a D. Your thoughts? Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, as I give my grades to the teams from the SWAC, MEAC, C-I-A-A, and S-I-A-C, as well as Tennessee State. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Over the next couple of weeks, look for our year-end review shows right here Great time. We replay some of the, the great conversations that we've had over 2021, and we've had some really great conversations. So you don't want to miss our year-end review shows over the next couple of weeks. And always remember to support those that support you. Box Toro is produced by DW Communications. Ooh, ooh.
was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. In my mind. 